Hi, good evening, and welcome to another edition of, excuse me, Resistance TV. Um, one of the most high-profile ways in which the apartheid regime in South Africa was was brought down was by banning South Africa from international sporting events, and this helped to demoralise the racists who were running the country at the time, and and it contributed to raising the world's consciousness about the brutal apartheid system as well. And I think the time is long overdue now to subject Israel to the same restrictions as South Africa, particularly in view of the fact that the Zionist apartheid regime is considerably worse than anything that was imposed by South Africa at that time. And that's not just me saying that. I mean, that's the view of ANC veterans like Ronnie Casuals and, of course, the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu made a similar point. So I'm delighted to welcome uh, uh, Kat Pietlovich onto uh, the show this evening to talk about a petition that's being sponsored by the Democracy in Europe movement that Yanis Varoufakis helped to found a few few uh, years ago. And the aim of it, obviously, is to persuade uh, sporting bodies to exclude Israel in the way in which South Africa was excluded during its apartheid era. So uh, uh, welcome on to the show, Kat. How are you? Uh, thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me. Great, great. Well, it's good to uh, good to have you on the show because this is uh, really uh, an important uh, campaign and going alongside uh, South Africa's um, uh, case against uh, Israel at the uh, International Court of uh, Justice. Just um, set out really the the, the terms of the uh, petition, if you if you could, Cap, please. Um, well, yeah, the petition is basically calling on sports governing bodies to ban Israel from international sports, such as Olympics, FIFA World Cup, uh, uh, UEFA's Euro, FIFA basketball competition, and so on. So um, I have initiated this petition. Um, I've co-organized it then with DiEM25, uh, as you mentioned, uh, because uh, this is the organization I knew will not uh, fall under the pressure of Zionist lobby. Um, when they inevitably ask for its removal from the website. Like if I went to change.org, you know, it would be liable for censorship. Uh, and here it, it was safe. So um, there's a 12-page letter attached to the petition that explains the deeper uh, reasoning as to why this is needed. And uh, uh, yeah, so we are hoping to get uh, as many signatures as possible. At the moment, there is something over 36,000. Uh, we've just recently put it up uh, uh, and published it. So I would ask everyone who is watching this to go to uh, the petition uh, website, which you, you can find on dm25.org uh, or on my uh, Twitter profile and sign it and share it widely. Uh, this will enable us to, to take the next steps because uh, collecting signatures obviously is, alone is not going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, and it's actually it's in the description to... Uh, tonight's show as as well, but I mean the the pressure I think uh, is beginning to mount, and I think there's been so, a little bit of success already, hasn't there, Kat, in relation to uh, banning Israel? I think uh, the hockey sporting body taken a step in that direction now. That is true. Uh, the reason hockey cited uh, was the safety and the inability to uh, provide safety at events, uh, which is one of the reasons also we mentioned in in our letter and. I'm not sure how much a letter has influenced this decision and how much the hockey itself realized that there are issues. Um, but, uh, well, the most important part is really to uh, try and peacefully isolate the, the occupying uh, 
apartheid re regimes uh, put pressure, as you said, uh, on the government. And I think, uh, you know, I think in Israeli society, this might come as a, as a shock uh, in, in a way, which didn't happen in case of Russia. Um, I think uh, there is a psychological element to it, which is that uh, Russia is used to being uh, vilified and uh, in, the, in the Western media and uh, in even every single Hollywood movie, Russians are bad guys. But in Israeli society, this might, this might uh, cause a different uh, reaction. Um, also, Israel is rather dependent, while it's, Russia was quite self-sufficient. And there is yeah. that difference in why the sanctions might have not worked with Russia. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it would have a different effect in, in Israel. No, indeed. I think that's very, very true, Kat. Um, I mean, you talk about the double standards there. I mean, did you say a little bit about that, really? Because, I mean, what do you make of these double standards? Because the way in which, like you point out, you know, Russia was treated, I mean, indeed, the way in which uh, South Africa all those years ago was uh, was singled out. I mean, I know they did, South Africa, hang on to a lot of the political support for far too long. Uh, but... Um, you know, uh, sporting bodies and um, uh, uh, you know another one, you know another you know bodies, um, you know governmental bodies for that matter, uh, didn't feel restrained in the end from taking action against uh, South Africa. And yet here in Israel, we've got a system which, as I was saying in the introduction, is considerably worse, considerably worse than the appalling uh, system that was in place for all those years in South Africa. I mean, what, what do you make of those double standards? Uh, well, obviously, there are some uh, other actors and powerful political actors that are at play. Uh, there are uh, powerful lobbies uh, that do have a control in the, of a kind uh, over the sports governing bodies. Um, and the difference in standards, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's very apparent. Uh, it's uh, not just South Africa and Russia. We've had, uh, over the years, there were other countries as well excluded for much, much less um, and uh, the reason uh, you and I can both uh, start guessing what it is, but as I said, there are uh, things that are happening in the background uh, which involve powerful political actors. Um, in terms of their own regulatory standards, FIFA, UEFA, uh, the International Olympic Committee should all be uh, applying them, uh, if, not if not looking at international law and saying we don't want to meddle into politics because we are... Uh, politically neutral well fine uh, but how come you weren't politically neutral in other uh, in other matters which you know um, if you look at it if they want to be politically neutral fine but then apply your own standards from your own uh, human rights policies because FIFA has human rights policy and they have their own statutes and those statutes uh, say something like that FIFA is committed to respecting all internationally recognized human rights, should strive to protect those rights. And yeah. uh, then they also prohibit discrimination of any kind between any groups of people and any countries. Uh, discrimination here is obvious. We had uh, on the day that Russia invaded <laughs> Ukraine, that very same day, just within hours, uh, condemnations were issued by International Olympic Committee, by FIFA, UEFA, and four days later, so only four days into invasion, we had um, uh, fully uh, suspended Russia. They have yeah. fully suspended it. And now we have three months of uh, uh, something that we haven't seen in our lifetime, 
at least not broadcast uh, in this in this manner and uh, we are doing nothing in sports so yes the questions have to be asked from these governing bodies why that is so yeah well i mean i, I mean i host another program called palestine declassified and, and we look on a weekly basis at the uh, way in which the israeli regime tries to stifle solidarity with the illegally, legal, illegally occupied people of, of Palestine. And, uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, the influence of the Zionist lobby is, is very uh, widespread. And uh, I'm sure they are, uh, you know, applying uh, pressure to, uh, you know, prevent the uh, action being, being taken. But look, you know, people power uh, can overcome that. Um, but, you know, just talking about these double standards, um, We've also seen uh, where that people power has manifested itself on the terraces of football grounds, particularly I'm thinking of Celtic Football Club, where the Green Brigade on a regular basis has thousands of people display uh, banners supporting the Palestinian uh, resistance, Palestinian flags, etc. And uh, the uh, UEFA, uh, you know, the European governing body of football, has uh, fined Celtic as a, as a result of their fans showing solidarity with with Palestine uh, and it, much to the chagrin as well of the uh, uh, the football club directors the actions I'm saying of the of these uh, supporters and indeed uh, you know many of those supporters have been banned from the ground this is quite shocking isn't it really where people I can't imagine you know if you sort of turn the clock back 30 or 40 years of people showing solidarity with the uh, uh, African, South African peoples that struggle against apartheid, that, that similar actions would have been taken. Do you, do you, do you agree with that? Uh, well, we can, we can only guess, you know, what would have happened, but the, the idea of, of uh, um, stifling the voices that stand up for human rights is, uh, uh, yes, uh, as you say, it's, it's not possible to, to explain in any rational terms, except for, as you mentioned at the start, uh, that there is a powerful lobby behind all of this. Uh, the lobby that um, at the start of the war has uh, sent uh, the requests basically to all the governing bodies and not just governing bodies, but to all the sports organizations, including the one that I co-founded, uh, where they asked us to support Israel publicly to express uh, support with Israeli victims. Uh, when I insisted that uh, uh, we include also Gazan victims in our expression of sympathy, that was rejected by my other co-founder of the organization. And, uh, you know, the statement that we issued on 12 October was uh, pretty, uh, pretty shocking to me. I have left the organization as a result. Um, and uh, yes, the Celtic fans were fantastic uh, to go back to that. Uh, and they are not the only ones. Uh, there are other football clubs in Europe, such yeah. as Bohemia in Ireland as well, who are uh, flying the Palestinian flag, flag on their uh, stadium. Um, so the solidarity is there uh, among people, but I don't see it reflected in the official po policies of uh, either governments or sports governing bodies. Yeah. Do you, do you anticipate, uh, Kat, um, any, uh, if you like, sporting celebrity endorsements of the petition i mean we've seen gary lineker being uh, targeted because he i think he shared a tweet um calling for action against um israel and he's now being piled on uh i mean there's been a manufactured pile on by the zionist lobby i think you know they'd like to see him sacked you know for for, for expressing uh, 
you know, a fairly modest sort of uh, um, level of, of, of support for human uh, rights and the struggle of the Palestinian people. But, I mean, are you, I mean, have there been any celebrity uh, supporting personalities that have got behind it? And do you anticipate any of them doing so? And are you uh, applying any pressure or requesting uh, you know, key sporting figures to uh, express their solidarity and support for the petition that you're uh, you know, you're, uh, you've launched here? I think I would not approach the active football players no. in either case, because they are definitely going to suffer consequences, as you already saw in a couple of cases in uh, with uh, one footballer plays in uh, Germany, in Mainz was it, and uh, the other one is from France. Um, both of them expressed um, support and they got into trouble. So I think active football players are out of the, um, um, out of my... Uh, radar so to speak um, uh, maybe we could expect something from former football players that don't have some major role in uh, no. say as a, a commentators of football or um, that haven't really had that second career after that because every career these days where you're going to criticize and legitimately criticize uh, Israeli government actions is going to get you in trouble of some kind. Uh, you're going to be subject to censorship and nobody wants to go through that. So uh, until we, I, I, I also have a, a rather optimistic view of, uh, of things at the end, which I think that uh, this will all end one day and uh, the history will show that these people are actually right. And that uh, the entire, um, witch hunt on them um, by the Zionist lobby that is uh, uh, rather rather strong in Europe, um, which which I didn't know even existed until all of this started. Uh, I think uh, history will show who is who, and that is the only um, kind of real light in this uh, situation where everybody seems to be censored. Uh, you're not allowed to say anything. People are calling your work and asking the you know, university you work for to 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 fire you for for standing up for yeah. human rights is insane, and we have seen that in history, and we know when. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, I mean, the weaponization of anti-Semitism is you know it's quite shocking and, and scandalous, and as you say, people have uh, lost their employment as uh, as a result of being targeted, uh, mainly for expressing solidarity with with, with Palestine and, and and for criticizing Zionism, which at the end of the day is a is a racist settler colonial ideology and you know we're seeing it manifesting itself uh in the form of a genocide in gaza before our very eyes it's just happening on a daily basis on our on our smartphones on our pcs and on our television screens and it's quite astonishing really that, that that you know that people are running scared of actually speaking out i mean this to me i think it's pretty much unprecedented i think even in you know even in the times when you know, the South African regime enjoyed the political support of uh, the U.S. administration. The the U.K. governments uh, also um, uh, were supporting them. Indeed, Margaret Thatcher described Nelson Mandela as a terrorist. And many conservatives used to, young conservatives, would uh, walk around sporting badges saying, hang Mandela. And they had T-shirts with similarly, uh, you know, grotesque slogans emblazoned across them. Um but, uh, you know, uh, obviously time has moved on and, uh, you know, people in those days who spoke out in spite of the government support for the Israeli regime weren't, weren't sanctioned in the way in which, you know, people are now for speaking up in support of 
of Palestine. But I mean, just tell me, I mean, this is a pan-European uh, uh, campaign, isn't it? Pan-European uh, petition. Uh, um, how's it going across uh, Europe? Um, I mean, you mentioned the number of signatures. I mean, what, what's, uh, how, is, how is the campaign manifesting itself here, here in Britain, but also uh, over the English Channel in, in the continent of Europe as well? Uh, we have just started, we have uh, posted petition at quite an inconvenient date. It was on 30th December that we published it, which is when everybody is on vacation. So we couldn't really start properly advertising it until 8th January, when we had our first meeting as to how to go about it. Um, it is uh, not a pan-European campaign. Uh, it is definitely a global campaign. Uh, we are going, we, yeah, so we are getting... Um, uh the letter translation uh into uh, translated into arabic currently and into french <laughs> and spanish and english translations are already available on the site so this is something that will go global um two days ago i was also on al jazeera which is uh, meant to uh, reach the arab-speaking world yes of course. Uh, and uh, so the petition will definitely uh, take place outside of Europe. I don't have any statistics as to how many people are signing from which country. We don't right. have names displayed. Uh, uh, this is something that I think only IT guys have uh, access to. Um, we are expecting uh, once, uh, well, within a certain uh, amount of, of, of time to, to gather a uh, number of signature that will enable us to take this next step. As I said, gathering signature alone is not enough. Uh, we need to include uh, a couple of governments, uh, at least, uh, because governments um, who have signed and ratified the International Convention on the Prohibition of Apartheid in Sport have obligation under international law to prohibit their own sportsmen and sportswomen and uh, their own teams from competing with um, uh, countries that uh, practice apartheid. I, I have not seen any country that has done this. Uh, and there, I think this is because the document is a bit obscure. It is not uh, as famous as, I don't know, the, the Rome statutes or the genocide convention. So um, we would need a couple of governments to perhaps do that. One thing that could help petition massively, in my opinion, would be if the IS, uh, uh, ICJ would uh, rule that uh, at least provisional provisional yeah. measures would indicate that there is a genocide ongoing, uh, in which case I don't see how could governing bodies in sports get away with keeping a country that is practicing genocide. It would be the same like keeping a Nazi Germany right now. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I mean, is there any way in which uh, you know, ordinary grassroots activists can help to garner signatures and promote the petition, Cat? Yeah, definitely. Well, as I said, share it as far and as wide as possible. That is one way. Sign it, inform people. Usually know somebody who has large social following, who is aligned with the idea. And if uh, if many people with large social following would post this petition, it would uh, it would go viral, which is what we are hoping. And we, all that we need is a few, so to speak, celebrities, somebody that has millions and millions of followers to uh, to post it on their social media. Uh, and I think it would take a life of its own. Uh, but, yeah. but again, num number of signature, uh, Chris. I don't think it is crucial here. What is crucial, and there are there are a couple of other petitions going on alongside uh, on, on the same topic. So uh, it is important to have that activism. It is important that once that we decide to approach 
uh, IOC, FIFA, UEFA, FIBA, and others, that we have solid amount of signatures to say, here's what people are supporting, that we have uh, hundreds of international organizations representing millions of people that also sign, which is something that BDS movement is working on right now. And uh, once we approach it, to say this is a global wish of people, and here is also a few other things, which is that uh, we have completely the same situation. It mimics the one from uh, when the Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, you have then taken a decision to ban Russia quite quickly. What is the difference now? Why are you doing nothing now when the figures alone and statistics alone are staggeringly different? Within just yeah. three months, we have over 30,000 civilians killed, of which 13,000 children. I'm counting those under the rubble as well, presumed yes. dead. Yeah. And, uh, and and in uh, the entire two-year uh, war with the, uh, between uh, Russia and Ukraine, we have 500, over 500 uh, children died, which is over 500 children. Too much and too many, of course, but uh, still 13,000 in three months is and in a population of 2.2 million as opposed to 44 million uh, population in Ukraine, it is still starkingly different, uh, but the yeah. approach is still much milder. So the questions seriously must be asked, I think, by media. Media can play a huge role in uh, putting pressure on the sports governing bodies into raising yeah. awareness, into yeah. promoting this petition and the others like it to create the pressure where uh, governing bodies have to answer, have to come up with why, and we are all interested to hear their explanation. I don't see anything that they can say that is convincing and yeah, just that, just the question why, why is that different yeah. from the situation? Well, I mean, I think the uh, the alternative media, the independent media, small platforms like ours and bigger platforms, obviously like Al Jazeera that you've been on, which has a huge reach, but there are many, many other independent uh, media outlets now that we need to try and get this message out, it seems to me, on. I mean, the difficulty, of course, with the corporate media is that they are very much influenced by the, the Zionist lobby. We've had experience of that in this country, in the, in the UK, where, you know, for example, the Jeremy Corbyn, uh, project when he was leading the Labour Party was subjected to an appalling smear campaign. Many people were casualties of that campaign. Ultimately, it was destroyed. And the main reason was because of, um, you know, his support for the Palestinian people and criticism of the Israeli regime. Uh, and that was unconscionable uh, uh, to them. But I mean, uh, I know that Yanis Varoufakis, obviously, with uh, his involvement with DM and so on, has thrown his weight behind it. I mean, um, you know, Yanis is a big figure, isn't he? I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, that will be a, a big uh, boost, won't it? Because he's he's got his own big following, but also I think he's quite influential on on other players, isn't he? You know, to potentially uh, give uh, uh, support for the petition. And I'm thinking of people like Roger Waters, you know, could could play a role in oh, yeah. supporting the uh, petition as well and raising awareness about it. Yes, as soon as you put me in touch with Roger Waters, I'll, I'll definitely ask him to, <laughs> to, to do this. I have approached people, um, uh, but um, it is different if, um, for instance, uh, we are guests on the same show and then I contact them and say, hey, we we're on this show together and could you please retweet? That works. But if some complete stranger approaches them you know those emails are usually ignored so there is an uphill battle here for um and yeah as far as Yanis, uh, of course uh, uh, i said that we've just started this 
so he hasn't had a time in particular because uh, on 11th and 12th there was there was something much more um, uh, important going on, uh, which is uh, the case in ICJ was being presented yeah. by both South Africa and Israel. Everybody were in the Hague, and that was the focus. So once we get into properly marketing this, so to speak, and uh, I think uh, the reach is is going to be uh, far and wide. And I would like definitely um, some celebrities to to post this on their social media. Those that have already spoken out uh, and uh, without regard to what happens to their uh, contracts and to their sponsorships. And so, um, yeah. yeah that would be extremely useful, not just for the petition, for the wider cause for raising awareness. And I think people have woken up in either case uh, with the, everything that's been going on for the last three months. I think a lot of people have um, changed uh, they, their opinions and opened yes. their eyes, to, so to speak. I mean, I hope, uh, Kat, that the, 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 you know, the outpouring of support and solidarity across the world i mean it's unprecedented we've never seen anything like this you know hundreds of thousands of people turning out on the street in virtually every country around the world even in nations that have actually banned demonstrations in support of palestine have still been uh, you know turning out so hopefully that will you know have an influence on on some of these uh, celebrities and, and give them the confidence to speak out but of course and you know it's, again this is something that we've covered on Palestine declassified and talking about the influence and the reach of the Zionist lobby in the entertainment industry. Very powerful. And indeed, you know, young and up and coming artists who have expressed uh, support, solidarity with uh, Palestine have seen their careers stifled and some actually destroyed altogether. And we, you know, one of the higher profile artists, people like uh, Loki, um, you know, he's there's been a huge campaign against him and he, 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 he's fearless. He, you know, he speaks out all the time. But there's been attempts to get him uh, uh, kicked off uh, Spotify, you know, to demonetize his output on uh, on YouTube. And indeed, uh, they've had some success in that. Actually, they're not completely banned him off YouTube, but uh, they've had some success with some of his uh, tracks that uh, he's recorded, uh, which had had you know millions of views, have been kicked off uh, off uh, YouTube. So, so it is a you know it, it is a big thing. But hopefully, you know, if people. Um, it's sufficient people. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know how much bigger it could get, but you know, we've seen millions of people turning out. Hopefully, that will, you know, have an effect. I think it will certainly have an effect, won't it, on the on the politicians? Because around the world this year, we've got a, a huge number of, of elections uh, taking place, and uh, I would like to think I don't know what your thoughts are, Kat, but this level of support that we're seeing manifesting itself on the streets. Will actually concentrate the minds of some of these politicians because here in the UK, for example, and I know it's a similar situation in in other countries where there's a massive disconnect at the moment between the political class and the and the general public. But here in Britain, you know, the two main parties, the Labour Party and the Conservative Party, which is in government at the moment, are as one when it comes to the issue of uh, of Israel and Palestine, and that means that you know they're supporting Israel, they're opposing a uh, ceasefire, and their criticism, when it comes, is always directed at Palestine and at the resistance there. So I don't know if you, and again, I think this petition, uh, hopefully it will gather momentum, you know, that will also help to put pressure, not just on the sporting bodies, but also help to concentrate the minds of some of these politicians. And maybe many of them, I'm hoping many, I hope we'd like to see all of them, will be replaced. And if not replaced, at least maybe modify their, their positions. I don't know whether you Agree with that, Kat. What's your thoughts about how this might play out with the political class? 
I am not sure, Chris, because um, I, I, all that I see is that people are, as you said, there is a disconnect between people and the governments. All that I see is that people are ignored completely. Uh, their wishes are ignored. And of course, uh, you mentioned the elections coming up and that might uh, play a role in how the politicians respond. Uh, but I don't see it happening because uh, for, the, for the exact same reason that you mentioned, um, two parties which are supposed to be um, political opponents are like one and it's not just in in uh, in the uk i see it also in the united states we have republicans and democrats all of them uh, in strongly and unconditionally supporting uh supporting israel so who are people going to vote for um they don't have a choice and uh, it doesn't seem uh, that uh, any of these political um, uh, pre presidential candidates, at least in the US, are willing to change their position uh, on, the, on Israel at all. No, so it's, no, uh, no, I, mean, I, it's, think, it's I think the situation in the United States, it, it, you know, is more problematic, is more difficult, although I do know that, I mean, there is huge support in the United States for, for Palestine and revulsion at what Israel is doing. And that is growing. There's no doubt about that. I mean, even in the Democrat Party, uh, you know, there are some voices are beginning to, I'm talking about the grassroots now, speak out. Um, you know, and there's hope maybe that certainly uh, at the kind of, uh, not necessarily the presidential level, but, at the, you know, the Senate and the House of Representatives and uh, that, you know, there may be a change brought about there. Here in the UK, of course, we've got some smaller parties. There's attempts to bring about a, a kind of coalition of, of, of progressive left wing um, groups and, and, and parties and independents, um, you know, to mount some sort of meaningful challenge uh, at the election. And we hope that we'll get some voices elected uh, there uh, at the election, because really, um, I mean, I share your pessimism, frankly, about changing the mindset of the, um, in Britain anyway, of the, of, the, of the two mainstream political parties. But, you know, there's always a hope that a, new, a breakthrough could occur and you get a new cohort of, um, of politicians who are, you know, prepared to speak out. And the situation, of course, in, in the United States, I mean, the politicians there are, are very aware of the power of the uh, of APAC, the uh, Israel lobby group, and the Anti Defamation uh, League, and so on, uh, who actually put a lot of money into into politics and so on. And uh, you know, when people mm -hmm. speak out, I mean, they try and uh, ensure that you know they are um, primaried out. You know, they put up a candidate, put lots of money behind them to to push them out because money speaks in the United States as it does in the United Kingdom, but perhaps to a, a lesser extent. But but we mustn't give up, and uh, and I'm hopeful that you know we will see these uh, new voices uh, breaking through and definitely that you know the support is there from the wider general public it seems to me but just um finally uh cat because uh, we've been going for over half an hour now this is really an interesting and important uh, topic just tell us about the sort of uh, time scale that you're looking at in relation to presenting uh, this uh, petition i mean have you got a sort of end date in in mind or or is it just dependent on, on how the campaign goes uh, the date is as soon as possible, right. you know, yesterday, because every day is uh, crucial. Every day it takes yeah. away uh, about, yeah. what, 250 lives. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah. as soon as we uh, create conditions, uh, a few conditions that you're looking for, we will approach the governing bodies. When that will happen, I'm not quite sure, but yeah. uh, it, it cannot have to happen soon enough. And right. uh, for everything that you've mentioned before, um, 
concerning the elections, the politics and the new party, uh, somebody breaking through. I do think that this is a point in history where nothing short of some sort of global revolution will, will do. No, uh, that the system is, uh, is already too um, entrenched in certain ways that uh, nothing can really uproot it other than uh, people rising up uh, in, in many different ways uh, through protests, demonstrations, um, petitioning. Uh, that is uh, definitely one thing perhaps uh, workers' unions can be ex extremely useful in this uh, case as well. And, uh, you know, sports governing bodies can be extremely useful to protection of human rights. And that is why it is a pity that they are not implementing their own human rights com commitments from their own statutes that uh, FIFA and UEFA have, for instance, allowed Israeli settlement clubs to host uh, matches of Israeli leagues, which, according to their own rules, should have already resulted in kicking out Israel just for that reason alone, for the breach yeah. of regulatory rules they have. And I know that uh, 66 European parliamentarians have sent a petition to FIFA and UEFA already about it uh, in 2016, and it just fell on deaf ears. I know that the uh, BDS movement has also been petitioning and uh, the hundreds of organizations representing millions of people have signed. Uh, and still nothing's changed. I know that uh, Sepp Blatter has spoken to um, uh, minister, one of the ministers in Israel at the time uh, about it, uh, about free movement of uh, Palestinian players because uh, Palestinian player in Gaza uh, cannot move to West Bank whenever they want. If they need to play matches, cup matches, for instance, uh, the visas are routinely denied half of the team cannot go for unspecified reasons or they let the entire team go but they don't let all the goalkeepers all three goalkeepers cannot go so people cannot have free movement and they cannot have a license for sports in infrastructures in west bank 98 percent are routinely rejected so blatter has tried to uh, to address the issue of settlement clubs and all of these other uh, practical issues the sport uh, in particular football in uh, palestine is facing and uh, to no avail. Uh, so how long is this going to go on? How long this impunity and doing whatever uh, you know they want without any consequences is going to go on? Uh, and yeah. when is the sport going to decide we can do something about it? And it's in our own regulation. All that we need to do is uh, fulfill our own obligations our, yes. under our own statutes. Yes, no, indeed, absolutely. Well, um, all power to your elbow. I mean, it may seem a, a big uh, hurdle that you're trying to overcome, but as Nelson Mandela once said, it always seems impossible until it's done. Uh, and I feel that we are reaching a point where, given the level of support that we're seeing for Palestine around the country, the, 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 way, the way in which consciousness has been already raised around the world, um, uh, you know, I feel sure that that will have an effect you know this could be a, a pivotal year and this petition could be a, you know a crucial part of of making this uh, a, a turning point this year so thanks again for coming on the show this evening can't we really appreciate that and uh, if you our viewers haven't already signed this petition please make sure you do and and please do everything you can to promote it and share it and uh, and get as many people as you know to sign it as well because you know the stakes couldn't be 
couldn't be higher. So thanks again, Kat. Thank you, everybody, for watching. All being well, we hope to be back on the Zissus TV next week at the same time. So until then, this is Gushlum Sussain. Bye for now.